I really appreciate our worship team leading us in worship this morning. I want to also extend a happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers in the room this morning. So let's give all of our moms a hand. <laughs> there we go. We got an excited daughter over there. She's going to do something. She's going to cook for her mom today too, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, so do something nice for your mom today. They would greatly appreciate it. Find Matthew chapter 11 in your New Testament. It's um, the first book of our New Testament, Matthew chapter 11. We are in part two of a series that we're calling Come and See. And so we're going to be looking for the next, well, it's a six-week series. So we got four more weeks after this as we journey through verses 28, 29, and 30 of Matthew chapter 11. Why are we doing this series? It's simple. To point us back to Jesus. Because these, he is the only source of true life, hope, and rest. And some of us know that to be true. Some of you don't. And I hope that by the end of today or by the end of this series, you will have recognized your need for Jesus Christ. So if you're there in Matthew chapter 11, we're going to begin reading at verse 28. Matthew writes, Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Last week, we looked at that first part there, the, the come to me part of this verse, this invitation from Jesus that, that Jesus is inviting us to come to him. And so last week, we learned that we need to come to Jesus because he is the answer, that we need to come to Jesus before we go to anything else, and we have to watch out for invitations from other voices. And the big idea last week was we need to respond to the invitation from the one who cares about you the most. There is no one who cares about you more than Jesus Christ. And he proved that by coming to this world, by giving his life on the cross and dying for you and dying for me and offering us a hope and a life that we do not deserve. And so that's what week one was about. So this morning, I want to start off by asking this question right here. And the question is, do you find it difficult to admit you just can't do it all on your own? How many of you would say yes to that? You don't have to say it out loud. Maybe just say it inside of your own mind that you find it hard to ask for help. You find it difficult to accept that you're not able to do everything yourself. We all have unique personalities and we are all made with, with different dispositions and some of us have absolutely no problem at all accepting that we can't do it all ourselves, but some of us, we tend to struggle with that. Maybe you grew up in one of those getter done, that's, that's like really redneck getter, but some of you grew up in one of those getter done kind of families where you just, you just push through and you make it happen no matter what. You're going to get it done. You're going to make it happen. There is nothing that you need. You've got it all covered. Or maybe, maybe we've been let down or you've been let down by people. And maybe they, they didn't come through for you. So it's easier to just 
do it yourself and convince yourself that you don't need anyone. It really does. It takes humility to come to the point to where you realize that you were not made to do it all on your own. Sometimes we need to be reminded that I know I do. I need to be reminded that, that I'm not God. That you are not God and you were not made to push through and be all things to everyone and fulfill every need and manage every emotion and hold it all together and never need rest. There is no lack of pressure in this world that we live in. There is no lack of pressure on students and adults and parents and spouses, family members, friends, coworkers. If you're here today and you're listening to me, there is no amount of pressure that you're not feeling in this life. And here's something that I want to say, and I hope it doesn't discourage you too much, but I think we need to be reminded of it, is that things are not slowing down. Things are not getting easier. How we handle these guaranteed pressures and these guaranteed problems as believers is what will make all the difference in our Christian walk. So we're going to come back to this idea, this invitation from last week that Jesus is inviting us to come to him with all of it. And we know that that's easy to say and it's easy to hear, but it is not so easy to actually do. And we cannot do it on our own. If you try to do it on your own, it is impossible. So I want to put that key verse back on the screen, but I'm going to put it up in a different version. As I studied and, and looked at the, the Greek word, uh, the NIV translates it much better. He says, it says, come to me all you who are weary and burdened. All of you who are weary and burdened. We have a Bible full of people who dealt with being weary and burdened. Some for good reasons and some for not so good reasons. Things like sin and poor decisions. Some of those weary feelings and burdens were inflicted on them by someone else. But here's just a few of them and you could make your own list. We're going to start with Jesus. Jesus was weary from his journey and he stopped at the well for a drink of water and to take a break. Jesus was so wearied and burdened in the Garden of Gethsemane that he sweat drops of blood, a condition called hematohydrosis. Very serious moment. We have David. He wrote a huge chunk of the Psalms. I love the Psalms. Many of you do too. Uh, I read one every single morning. But they are filled with weariness and burdens, hurt, fear, and, and at certain points just guilt over sin. But it has so much honesty in it that I, I just can't stop reading them. David is so honest in Psalm 38 that he says he is overwhelmed and the burden that he is carrying is too heavy for him to bear. Of course, we know that we have the character and the person of Job. He literally lost everything. He lost his family, his, his children, his, his friends, his property, his wealth. And he says in Job 10 that his, 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 uh, his soul is weary of his own life. But Job maintained his faithfulness to God throughout all of it. Although he still struggled and he didn't get it right 100% of the time, but he maintained a hope in God. 
Maybe Elijah has come to your mind. Elijah experienced great spiritual victories over the, the false prophets of Baal. It called down fire from heaven. He ended up being this mighty man of God, though, who was running for his life from the evil Jezebel. He saw God do so many great things, but he found himself in a desert, worn out and defeated, and he prays to die in 1 Kings 19. He calls out to the Lord and he says, I've had enough. Take my life. That's a pretty hard time. It's pretty low. These are heroes of our faith, by the way. The men and women who made it to our Bibles that we read and we learn from. They had hard times, difficult seasons. Some of them didn't make it the way they wanted to. And those are just a few. But the Bible is full of people just like us. Sin, loss, victory, needs, and blessings. Struggles big and struggles small. But if we can say that it's, it's hard for us, then it classifies as a struggle. We are no different than any other human who has ever lived or will ever live. So I want you to think about these questions as I ask them. What is the heaviest thing on your heart this morning? What is weighing you down this morning? What do you go to bed thinking about and what do you wake up thinking about? What problematic situation or need takes up the most space in your mind right now? What decision do you need the Lord to provide answers in or give direction for? What problem do you need solved? What conflict do you need resolved? What do you need him to provide? It's a long list of questions. And we all feel the tension with all of those, I think. And maybe weariness comes to mind as I, as I read those questions. I mean, think of the last time you were weary. Where were you? What were you doing? What was going on in your life? And I only have to say the words bone tired, and we all know what that feels like. Weary. It means extreme tiredness and fatigue. Burdens, here in this text, means a load, typically a heavy one. So, what do we tend to do when we are weary and burdened? What is your response to seasons of weariness and when you're carrying a heavy burden? Is it anger? Do you respond in anger toward those around you, toward the situation, and even toward God himself? By the way, he can handle your anger. Do you, do you isolate? I know I tend to do that. I tend to fall into isolation when I'm, when I'm, when I'm really weary or burdened. Maybe you, you fall into depression or you suffer from anxiety. There's other things we could add to that list. But the other question on this one would be, where do we turn when we're weary and burdened? Where do we go? To the newest trend and idea? To a friend? Maybe it's a hobby, a book, social media, work, or something else that you could fill in the blank with? It's, it's a tension. It's a struggle. But we can go somewhere. 
We can come to Jesus every single day because he understands completely who we are and what we are feeling. So come to Jesus. He understands us. He understands you. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7 says, In the days of his flesh, because Jesus came to this earth, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him. Jesus understands what you carry this morning. You see, Jesus was fully God, but he was also fully man. The word became flesh, as John 1, 14 reminds us. He knew what it was like to be, to be us. He was born. He grew. He lived in a family. Hello. He knew what it was like to carry some burdens. He had hunger and thirst. He was tired. He went without sleep. He worked hard. He needed rest. He was insulted. He was made fun of, and he experienced death for us. He dealt with hurt, and he dealt with emotions. In Matthew chapter 26, he talks about this, how his soul is, is sorrowful. He wept in John chapter 11 in the story of Lazarus, as we studied a few weeks ago. Jesus carried burdens. He bore and carried our sin. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, it says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. That was a great burden. We also feel weary and burdened. And we have emotional situations when we feel these because of our own sin. Jesus understands that as well. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. He understood what it was like to walk in a world where there was temptation, yet he didn't sin. We do, and we carry some struggles and some burdens, and many of us are weary today because of sin. There's more than one way to respond to feeling weary and, and burdened. It can be good, and it can also be bad. We can, we can be weary from doing good work. Right? It's not always bad. You, you are loving your career. You're loving your life. You, you are loving the, the, the journey of being a parent and you're enjoying all the things that are happening in your life. And so, so but you're still tired. Your body still gets worn out. You still, you still deal with being tired, but it's not always a bad thing. It's not always devastating. We can be weary from doing good work. We can be also weary from the effects of life. We can carry good burdens like parenting, or we can carry uncomfortable burdens like sickness and disease and grief. We carry those things. We all do. But what burdens do you need to give to Jesus this morning? And I say that because 
It's truly the only option that you have. I don't say it's the only option. It's the best option. Because if we were to roll back the highlight reel of our lives, we would find that we often tend to turn to other things. And that's why this next point is so important. We have to come to Jesus with everything. Nothing is off limits. There's nothing too silly that you could bring to Jesus. He does care about the little details of your life. Maybe it's because of something totally unrelated to our decision or because of a poor decision we've made. It doesn't matter. We can still come to him. So give him everything. Every burden, every concern, every bad moment, every good moment. Give him everything. In 1 Peter chapter 5, Peter writes in verse 6, he says, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt you at the proper time. When we, when we do this, when we, when we embark on this journey of coming to Jesus with everything, it's going to require some things from us. It's going to require humility. Humility is easier for some than it is for others. I understand that. But we have to humbly come to Jesus and admit that we have burdens that we can't carry on our own. That we have outcomes that, that we cannot control. And so we humbly submit to him and we say, God, I'm putting all of this in your hands and I'm going to submit myself to you. Submission is always involved when humility plays a role. You can't have humility without submission. And you can't have submission without humility. They work together. So will you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, who knows what is best, who sees what you can't see, and will you submit to him? It's not an easy thing to do. But it's only when we humbly submit that we can truly do what Verse 7 tells us to do. Because it says, casting all your cares on him because he cares for you. He does care. That's why he came to this earth, to pay the price for your sin. Because he cares and he feels for you deeply. But Jesus was humble he came in humility. He was and is the king of this world, yet he made himself nothing. And he came to this world and he paid the price for our sin. He submitted himself to the Father's will so that you could come to him with everything. I know this sounds so simple, but do you understand how significant this process of coming to him with everything really is. And how many of us do it? I mean, if you think back to this week or even yesterday or this morning, are you coming to him with everything? This word for casting in 1 Peter chapter 5, it 
it means that we can throw and place our every care on him. Now, I grew up in, a, in, a, in kind of a system where God didn't care about everything. He just cared about the really big things. But that's not what that Greek word communicates. Everything is what it communicates. Cast every care. Cast all your ca- cares. Cast every single thing on Jesus. Why? Because he cares for you. And he cares for you in ways that no one else is even able to care for you. And I think that's why it's so difficult when we go to other things. Because they just cannot meet the need. They cannot take care of the situation. They cannot fix things. So maybe your, your struggle this morning is just humility and submission. But maybe your struggle this morning is due to some kind of sin habit that you've developed. Some way that you're rebelling against him. Maybe, maybe you're experiencing the consequences of that sin. Maybe you're feeling that conviction of the Holy Spirit who isn't allowing you to rest until you make it right with him. I would encourage you this morning, don't shove that down. Don't ignore it. Don't fight it. Don't run from it. Come to him with every sin and repent. And turn from that sin and ask him to help you. First John 1 John 1.9, many of you can quote it by memory. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So acknowledge your sin and humbly confess. The Psalms, as I referenced earlier, even through all of the weariness and all of the burdens and all of the trials and all of the struggle that David himself encountered, there is this overwhelming thing that is present. And that's the simple fact that he will sustain you. In Psalm 55, David writes, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Some versions say that he will never let you go when you cast your cares on him. He will sustain you. We don't have to worry. Matthew 6 says that that we don't have to worry about our life, the food that we eat, our bodies, or even clothing. And some of us worry about those things more than others. Some of you really struggle with some of those things but he can take care of you. He can take care of it. Now you might think all of this sounds nice, but, but Jesus isn't physically here, right? I mean, I, Jesus isn't sitting next to you in that seat. He's, he's not leaning over and whispering things in your ear like, hey, can you believe the, what that idiot just said on the stage? <laughs> like, there, Jesus is not here with us in person. I mean, it's kind of true, sure. We can't see him with our eyes, but as many of us know, we believers carry him with us. And what we call the Holy Spirit. So come to Jesus. His Spirit is available to us. Ephesians 3.17 says that Christ 
makes his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Christ actually does come and take up residence in our hearts. The moment that you call on Jesus to save you, he moves in. It sounds weird. And if you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, that is, that is some freaky language right there. That is some weird stuff. If you're watching online, I understand that that is strange. But when you call on Jesus to save you, his spirit moves in and you know it. You feel it. You experience it. Something happens inside of us when we truly confess and we truly repent and we truly believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's why we feel things when we sin. That's why we feel shame and guilt when we find ourselves in sinful situations and when we're struggling with difficult things. Because the Holy Spirit's there reminding us of truth and reminding us of the correct decisions to make. So the Holy Spirit is with us, but he teaches us and he guides us. Last year in, in August, we did a series called Something Greater, and we, we went through all of the things that the Holy Spirit does for us and through us. But in John 14, verse 26, the Holy Spirit is called the Helper, whom the Father will send in my name, and he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. In John 16, John writes that when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. And as you know, if you read on later in John 16, he comes back to these issues of trial and tribulation, but he says, take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the world and his overcoming spirit has been unleashed on us, on those who know him as Savior. The Holy Spirit can open up your heart to receive things. The Holy Spirit will, will teach you what you need to know from his word and guide you in each and every decision if you'll participate in that wisdom. And that's the hard part. How many of you stop when you're, diff when you're facing a difficult circumstance or situation and just say, <laughs> and just pray, God, will, will your spirit move inside of me and lead me to the best decision in this moment? When you're walking into a hard conversation, how many of you stop and just say, God, through your spirit, will you guide every single word that comes out of my mouth? Maybe it's what we would deem as the silly things, like who we should date. By the way, God cares about those decisions. And you should cast that care upon him and you should pray and you should ask the Holy Spirit to guide you in what is best and what decision is best and what you should look for and what you should look out for. These are important things. So are you giving the Holy Spirit space to speak to you? His Spirit is available. So come to Jesus because he understands us. We come to Jesus and we can give him everything and we come to Jesus because his spirit is available to us and all of this boils out down to the fact that we were made to come to Jesus. We were made to come to him. We were made to worship. 
This goes all the way back to Genesis when God creates Adam and Eve and he makes them to be in a relationship with him. That mankind, humans, we were made. We were made to come to him. So will you come to him with everything? And that's God's plan. Bring it all to him. Bring every need, every question that you have, every concern that is weighing on your mind, every hurt that you've experienced, every sin that you're addicted to or will commit. You can come to Jesus with every single one of those things because we were made to bring it all to him. And there is no one better to go to. Jesus understands how we feel. So will you come to him today? Will you give him everything? And maybe you need to talk to someone about that. That's fair and that's honest. We all have those moments where we need to spend some time talking to someone else about a a deep struggle, hurt, and need that we may have. So what's your hurt? What's your struggle? What's your question? What's your concern? Will you ask for help? It's okay to get it. And actually this morning, if you would like to talk to someone, we're going to have one of our deacons and their wife over here to my left, your right, and they would love to, to pray with you about any concern that you may have today. But here's what I do know. Pressures and problems, they won't go away. You should expect them this week. Maybe even today. But the best part is, we don't have to figure it out on our own. Because our God loves us, and he is so gracious to give us a plan, his plan. And we have the choice to walk in that system for our good and for his glory. Because we were made to come to him. So will you come to him? Maybe you're a Christian this morning and you're struggling with coming to Jesus with everything. I want to encourage you this morning to come to him because he does care and he does hear you and he will walk with you. And maybe you're here this morning and you're not a follower of Jesus. You have not made that decision to believe in his good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he came and he lived the life you couldn't live. He lived a sinless life and he paid the price for your sin because your sin has separated you from this God who loves you so much. And you're here this morning and you don't know what it means to have this relationship with Jesus Christ. This morning you can come to him. You can lay that sin down at his feet. You can cast that care on him because the penalty for that sin is death and separation forever in a place called hell. But God loved us so much that Jesus lived that life, paid the price for our sin, gave his life on the cross, but rose from the grave in three days and he conquered sin, death in the grave. And he says to you, believe in my gospel. Repent, confess your sin and turn to me and I will save you. Maybe that's you this morning. 
You simply just need to humble yourself and submit to the fact that Jesus came for you. You're not going to get every question answered. Not every I is going to get dotted. Not every T is going to get crossed right away. It may take a long time for all your questions to be answered, but the most important question of your eternity will be taken care of forever. That is the God we serve. Will you come to him today? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this opportunity to gather together. God, such a simple truth, but such a difficult thing to do this morning. So God, I pray that we would come to you with everything. And that we would come to you because your spirit is living inside of us and it has enabled us to do the things that you've called us to do. God, you understand us. You know what it's like to carry burdens and hurt and loss. You know what it's like to be tired and wearied from the journey. You understand us, God. So help us to throw everything on you because you can take it and you know what is best. God, if there's anyone in this room this morning that does not have that personal relationship with you, God, I pray that your spirit would do the work that only it can do and that you would draw that person to yourself and that they would be saved this morning. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.